Good morning and welcome to our time of prayer, Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. This is Monday morning, May 3rd. So glad to have you along. Of course, if you're new today, a special welcome to you. I hope you join us every day. We'd say there's real value in getting into the Word of God day by day and praying over the Scripture. We hope you'll be a part of that and join our team. And of course, if you're back here day after day, I am so glad and you're so appreciated. I love you guys and have been so grateful that God has brought us together this way over these uh, <clears throat> YouTube devotional times together. We've been going through the commands of Christ, and today we're in Matthew chapter 18, where Jesus gives kind of a strange command. You wonder, did he really mean that? He's talking about stumbling blocks, and he repeats something he said back in Matthew chapter 5, and I actually, I'd like to take it from Matthew chapter 5, and we'll start with verse 29. If your right eye makes you sin, makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Pluck out your eye, cut off your hand. If these things make you sin, that you should do this, that this would be better than going to hell? What's Jesus really getting at here? Is he really telling us that we ought to pluck out our eye? Indeed, if we really apply this verse literally, I think there'd be a lot of people walking around with only one eye or maybe none at this point or, or with no hands. And so what's he getting at here? Well, we know from Scripture that our body is not what causes us to sin. Jesus taught that it was that out of the heart comes sin. It's, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out of, his, out of his heart. The mouth speaks from what fills the heart. And the heart, he says, out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, greed, things of this nature. And so, no... No matter how many parts of your body you cut off or mutilate, you can't change your heart. And the Christian faith isn't just about outward obedience. See, this is what the Pharisees were doing. The Pharisees were trying their hardest to just keep the law. But Jesus taught that true faith is about the heart and living according, living according to God's ways and God's law and loving God from the heart. Indeed, if you love God from the heart, you're going to be keeping his law. If you love people from the heart, you're going to be keeping the law, right? I mean, you're not going to murder them, steal from them, sleep with their wife, covet their things if you love them. You're not going to dishonor God, worship false gods, pray to idols, take God's name in vain, never spend time with him. You're never going to do these things if you love God from the heart. So the key is the heart. But what's Jesus getting at? He's using hyperbole here to say that still you need to hate sin. And to, to really figure out, boy, can you imagine living life plucking out your eye? Can you imagine what that'd be like? I mean, I, I would hate that. I would say if, if someone, I mean, like, you know, any little movement towards your eye, you blink, you flinch, you protect it. Your eye, you know, to be valuable. And, uh, and any effort, if someone were to want to try and pluck out my eye, I would resist, I'd fight, I would, I mean, I can't think of many things more terrible. 
And what Jesus is saying is that sin and hell is more terrible than losing your eye. Sin and hell are more terrible than having your hand cut off or your foot cut off. Imagine going through life without a hand, without a foot, without an eye. Some of these things that are so parts of our body that are so valuable. And yet, it would be better to live that way and go to heaven than to have your full body and be cast into hell. I think what Jesus is also saying here is not only that we should take hell seriously and take eternal judgment seriously, and in Matthew 18, he calls it the eternal fire seriously. And these things, are the eternal judgment is so horrendous that we often don't think of it seriously. We'd rather just kind of put it out of our mind and not even talk about it. Few people like to talk about this. But I think he's also saying to learn to hate sin. I shared my daily email last night. Maybe you've heard me tell the story before. The first time I ever went to a church picnic with the church I'm now with, I was just 15 years old, and these were all college-age people, and I, we were playing softball. And I stepped up to the batter's box, and, and I remember people, you know, come on, Tom, hit the ball, hit the ball, hit it, Pre- pretend that's sin, smack that ball, hit it like it's sin, and, you know, knock it out of the park. Well, you know, I got all fired up, and I got all emotional, and I gave it my best, and I swang with all my might, and I'm not real talented in baseball, and so I dribbled a little, topped it, and dribbled a little thing out to... Uh, the shortstop, and they, they threw me out almost before I got out of the batter's box. It was so uh, such a terrible hit. Anyway, the point is, hate sin. Smack that ball. Knock it out of here like you hate sin. Hate sin? I hadn't even thought of that term before. I never even thought of hating something. And, and we, of course, we live in a culture today where it's considered all hate is wrong, and so we don't even hate sin. But we should. In fact... Our culture teaches the opposite. It teaches us to love sin, that sin is kind of cool. It's adventuresome. It's neat. The affair, that's kind of cool and adventuresome. Drugs, alcohol, that kind of cool. Take a chance. Try it out. You never know what you're missing without it. Part of, part of learning to hate sin from the heart, you see, this is the only way you overcome sin. Or it's, it's not the only way. It's essential to overcome sin. Is you got to hate it from the heart. You got to hate it, and part of learning to hate sin is to maximize the consequences of sin and to minimize the pleasures or benefits. Sin does have a passing pleasure, but it has eternal consequences, and it has terrible consequences here on earth. We see all around us the we've been lied to, haven't we? We've been told that sin is fun, wonderful, beautiful, glorious. Go ahead and try it out. And then we get trapped in it. We see advertising, for instance, for alcohol on television that implies that, you know, you, if you drink this alcohol, you're going to have the, the, the pretty girls. You're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to enjoy things. It's people laughing, things of this nature. It doesn't show the the guy who's uh, the homeless fellow who's who's become a wino, who's addicted to alcohol, who's living out on the street now and lost his family, lost his job, and so on. Drugs are thought that you'll get high, man. It doesn't show that people become addicted to these drugs, and now their body's emaciated, their mind is ruined, their, their, their relationships are destroyed, they can't hold a job, they can't pay a bill, they're living out on the street. 
we, we're, you know, we're told in smoking, you know, you know, like the real men smoke this years ago was the cigarette commercial. We don't have these now. Uh, doesn't show the person in the hospital bed trying to gasp for breath. In, in, uh, in our movies, you know, lots of times an affair and adultery appears adventuresome and, boy, you got the good girl and, and all this stuff and it puts some excitement back in your life. It doesn't show the home getting wrecked, the children di- di- turning on their parents, disrespecting their parents, the hatred, the anger, the, 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 the heartbreak that comes from a, a wrecked home. We go on and on and on. The world wants us to explore sin, experiment with sin, try sin. It's kind of cool, adventuresome, even to love sin. But Jesus says sin makes you a slave. It will destroy you. The wages of sin is death. It always is. To learn to hate sin, we need to learn how to maximize the consequences. Of course, the greatest one Jesus talked about is hell. And never forget that one. Maximize the consequences of sin minimize the benefits because the world's working to do just the opposite. Tell us it's not that bad and it's kind of good after all. Folks, we want to be people who walk with our God. You weren't created to be a sinner. You're created to be a saint. You're created to walk with God. Jesus, uh, Peter writes in quotes from Leviticus, you shall be holy for I'm holy. You were created to be like God. This is where true life is found, not in sinning, but in walking with God, reflecting his glory. When we sin, we fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. When we walk in holiness and uprightness, we are reflecting the glory of God, demonstrating the glory of God. This is what we are created for. This is the real you now that you're new in Christ. So today, don't cut off your arm. Don't, Don't pluck out your eye. But do hate sin. Don't tolerate it. Don't be, don't be uh, okay with it. Hate it. Hate it. Stand against it. Sin lies. It always destroys, enslaves, and leads to death. Even the little sins. Do you think Eve, Adam thought when they ate of that fruit, that's just eating a piece of fruit. Do you think they had any idea that all the destruction, all the heartache, all the pain, all the death, the corruption that would come from that one act. Indeed, never, never minimize the effects of sin. Learn how to maximize them. Let's go to prayer. Father in heaven, today we want to thank you that you have called us to live righteous lives, upright lives, because you've called us to be like you, holy. You said be holy, you're holy, to be righteous like you're righteous. Thank you. You've given us the power, the ability. You've set us free from sin and death. You've cut the chains in Christ. You've cut the chains. You've made us alive. You've given us strength and power we never had before we were Christian. And we thank you and we bless you for this. Father, we confess to you today that we live in a world where sin is made to look glamorous. Sin is made to, the, the, it's minimized. Sexual immorality, you're you're free to do it. All these ways we can harm our body, free to do it. Even, Lord, more and more in our our culture, cursing your name, taking your name in vain, just who even thinks about it anymore? So many sins, Lord, so many things that are seen to be cool, okay, fine, and and we, we think that we want to tolerate them. 
and we're called to not be judgmental. Father, I pray, help us to have a hatred of sin. Help us, Lord, to have it deep within our soul. The thought of, the thought of cheating on a spouse, the thought of sexual immorality, the thought of taking your name in vain, the thought of worshiping a false god, the thought of hating someone, the thought of hurting someone. Lord, all of these sins, the thought of of greed and lust and pride, I pray, Father, that these sins would be things that deep in our soul we have a disgust, we have a, 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 a negative thought. We just say, I don't want that. I don't even want to go near it. I hate those sins. I pray, Father, we would hate sin more than we would hate to have our eye plucked out of our eye socket. Jesus, you use such graphic, painful language, and yet sin, Lord, so often we're naive, we're blinded to the depth of how how damaging sin is. Open our eyes to see this. Help us, Father, to walk in, in awareness. Help us to see sin the way you do and to hate it, and to see holiness the way you do and to love it. Lord, make us like this, we pray. Transform us from the inside out, from deep in our soul, we pray. Transform our emotions and how we feel about sin, how we think about it, not just cognitively how we think, but how we feel about it deep in our soul. We give you this day to walk with you, to be upright, to be filled with the joy of the Lord. Think of how Jesus had said of you that you loved righteousness and you hated lawlessness. Therefore, you were anointed with gladness above all your companions. Fill us with this joy of the Lord as we walk with you. Father, use us wherever we go today. Help us to be alert to opportunities you give to shine the light of Christ, to share the word of God, to share a testimony, to share the gospel. We're praying for revival in our land. Lord, today also we do want to pray and remember our friends in India as they're suffering really seriously under this coronavirus now. Bring healing to them. Watch over particularly your children. Watch over them. Give Give, uh, we pray for millions of people to be turning to the true God through this time of suffering and difficulty. We pray, Father, meet the, the physical needs, the financial needs, the food needs of those who are uh, in that country. Particularly, we ask for and pray for those who are seeking first your kingdom. Because you said, Lord, if they seek your kingdom first, all these things will be added to them. And I pray, fulfill that promise for those in that difficult land now who are seeking you first. I pray fulfill that promise to them. We pray and bless you now, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen.